This morning, um, the title of the message is, All These Blessings Shall Come. <laughs> and, of course, the continuation of that scripture is, All these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. So whenever we are um, thinking about God blessing our lives, that we need to think of it in the context that these blessings shall come and even overtake you. Generally, or often, we think of something overtaking us. It's like we're, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> it's like we're running from them and uh, something, something we're running from and then it overtakes us. Well, in this case, um, the, the God, Moses is talking about how that God's blessings are going to overtake us. Well, whenever we uh, look at this and we start seeing how that the promise that Moses was speaking to the children of Israel was that he had given them the, the laws of God. And it's like when you honor God with your life and when you honor God by keeping his commandments and keeping God first place, he puts something, as Moses calls it, he puts something upon us. And it's called a commanded blessing, that God commands his blessings to overtake us and to be part of our life. And we'll read through those here in just, the first, in just a few minutes. But it's almost as if God then puts this magnet that draws, you know, some people say, I just, just I, all I have to do is step outside and trouble comes, you know. Well, Moses is saying to us, is we keep the commandments of God, and we live a godly life that God has promised to, like a magnet, draw all the good things into our life. So rather than looking for evil or looking for wrong, we should be looking for good. We should be looking for how that God is going to bring blessing and how that he is going to add his divine favor to our life. So some people feel that, like I said, the bad breaks are the only thing that come, but he is saying that these commanded blessings are um, that God, that people, godly, that God's people attract them into their life as good breaks and contacts, ideas, resources, and and so on. So you don't have to go after these things. As as in, well, I've got to go out and make the good things happen in my life. No, we we've we've got one command: follow the commands of God. Do what's right in the sight of God. And God has promised that his blessings would follow our lives. So um, it's like planting a crop. You plant the crop and you expect it to grow. I was watching, um, I, I found that there are, everybody makes, not everybody, but lots of people make these YouTube things, you know. I didn't know much about YouTube. But I started watching these farmers. <laughs> and uh, there's, you know, how that they, there's grain farmers and then there's dairy farmers. In the grain farmers, it's funny, they're polishing their machinery. You know, they hose it down. They're waxing their, their tractors, you know. I like them because they had John Deere, it's green. And so they wax their tractors and so on. And then you go to the dairy farmer. Dairy farmer, his, his trucks and his tractors, this one guy has like 1,500 cows. And, you know, their, their big, their pits and their tractors and their combines, now, some of them are clean, but most of them, they're just keep them running, you know, keep them running because in a dairy farm, you don't have an off day. You don't have off times. You're, you're, you're milking cows two or three times a day. You're feeding them two or three times a day, feeding 1,500 cows a day. 
twice a day. That's like four tractor trailer loads of feed, <laughs> plus mixing and going on. And so it goes on and on like that. But the idea is that sometimes in our life, when you're, uh, you're what type of farmer, you know, the, the grain farmer, uh, I was watching how that he, you know, he has all of his fields in a computer. And he, this guy, he farms, you know, two, 3,000 acres. And he has all of his fields and all of their yields and all the crops that they put in there, all the fertilizers that they put in. And what he has found out over the last eight, 10 years is that certain crops, say corn, grows better in, in certain fields than it does in other fields. So when, he, when that happens, he begins to specialize how much corn he puts in that field that does better and the nutrients he puts in there because he knows a little bit of nutrients and, and the right seed he can get a really great harvest out of this field that does really good at growing corn than he can if he puts that same amount of fertilizer and seed in a field that just doesn't do well with corn well in our life it's kind of like this god has certain things that he has blessed us with God has certain things that he has called us to do, and he's put those things in our life so that we can specialize, <laughs> that there are certain things that we do better than other things. You know, there's certain things that you're better at than, than uh, you know, than you are at other things. You know, I'm terrible at, uh, well, I won't want to talk about how bad I am at certain things. But anyhow, <laughs> <laughs> there are some things that I'm just not too good at. But um, we, have to, we just have to keep, you know, planting seed and doing our best where we end. Um, but receiving God's blessing sometimes is misunderstood. Sometimes I, I think over the years, um, running into people and, you know, talking with people, that they, they it's like, well, sad to say, there was this, there's this individual years ago. Um, his wife had cancer, uh, a tumor on her shoulder. And uh, the, surge, the surgeon says, we've got to cut off the tumor, cut out the tumor. He says, no. This, this is the guy who was a minister. He says, well, no, we're not doing that because we're believing for a healing. And so they waited. And then the doc says, well, we've got to amputate her arm. And he says, no, we're, we're standing on the promises. We're believing for a healing. Now, my first thought was, it's her life. She should choose, not you. But, <laughs> you know, I didn't, you know, but that, this was all after the fact that, I, I, that we became involved. And finally, uh, it got to the point where she was in hospice, and her tumor had grown, and there's nothing they could do for it. They couldn't amputate her arm, and they couldn't take out the tumor. And so he had gone to Mexico then for special treatments that weren't legalized in the United States and they, they didn't help and she eventually died in, you know, in the hospice program. And I thought, well, he was believing for the blessing of God. Well, the blessing of God was perhaps in the surgery that could have eliminated the whole situation at the very beginning. And misunderstanding something that God had placed or something, you know, an opportunity for God to bless him and his wife, he, mis he mis misunderstood it as being a hindrance, and so he wasn't going to uh, allow them to operate. I think of the, the, the guy, um, 
who I went to his house and uh, he, was, he was believing God for a job. And, and I said, well, that's good. I said, did you, uh, did you put in an application? He says, oh, no. I said, well, do you have somebody who works in, in a place and they're putting your name in for the work? Oh, no. I said, did you call anybody? Oh, no. I said, well, how are you going to get a job? He says, I'm just sitting here believing God will send somebody to the door. Okay. <laughs> you know, it doesn't, he never did get a job. So the idea is that we have to understand that God has blessings for us, but sitting and doing nothing, sometimes God does tell us, okay, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Most of the time, he puts feet to his to his blessings. You know, he has us planting seed in certain fields. He has us doing our work of service, and in that work of service, he is helping. Moses, it says in Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 1 and 2, today I am, this is Moses speaking, giving you the laws and teachings of the Lord your God. All right? I'm giving you laws, and I'm giving you teachings about those laws. Okay? It's important that we understand that there are teachings that go with the laws. There are teachings that go with, you know, I remember Rhonda um, teaching her class, read the instructions completely before you take the test. <laughs> right, teachers? <laughs> read the instructions completely before you take the test, you know? Uh, there's another uh, professor um, it, it, it came, he was in this you know, large college class, and um, he told them that all of you who are willing to get a C on this test, uh, for me to give you a C on this test, uh, I want you to sign your name to the paper and, and turn it in. And so, you know, they started, people said, oh yeah, I want a C, you know, turned into, turned into class. And then they left, and then he says, well, all of you who would be willing to take a B on this test. He said, you put a B on this paper, sign your name, and turn it in. And, you know, the rest will take the test. And so he had the paper turned over, and they signed their name and whatever. And there was, there was just a small percentage of them that, you know, stayed behind to take the test because they were going to take, they, you know, they were studied and ready for the, you know, to take it, and they were going to get the best grade they could out of it. And so he told them to turn over the paper, and they turned it over and says, now write A plus on your test and turn it in. <laughs> because you were believing for something, and he, he thought that how, that how many people gave up for something that was second best when and the opportunity was in front of them to persevere and to go on. And, and I think some of us are like, you know, we need to th see that God is not giving up on us with a C. <laughs> He's not giving up on us with, you know, just getting by. That God has more in store for us and more in, in, in the way of his teachings and his laws that are going to help us become better at who we are and what we're doing. So he is giving us the laws, his teachings, his commandments and how to do them. Um, and we have... God, he has set his word apart in our heart so that we would not sin, we would not create barriers between God's blessing and the fulfillment of, of our life and its duties. So I'm giving you the laws and teachings of the Lord your God. 
Always obey them, and the Lord will make Israel the most famous and important nation on earth, and he will bless you in many ways. So whenever he's telling them that I, that God has told him that God is going to bless them if you honor God and obey his ways. Now, what are the commandments? What are the commands of God? The two greatest commandments are love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Do unto others you have them do unto you. Now, we're asking God to help us do these things. To love God. I like the idea, you love God and do as you please. Well, if you love God, you will only do what pleases God. So, what are the things that please God? Forgiving, honoring, praying, be joyful, you know, believing that God is going to bring good into your life. So God wants us to honor him by obeying. So as we do these things, we find that God is establishing the right priorities and in our life, and as we have the right priorities, we find the many opportunities. Opportunities follow priorities. It's like the, one, the harder you work, the, more, the luckier you get. <laughs> get that one? The harder you work, the luckier you get. Um, it's like if you watch hockey, the, 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 the idea, not, not the only idea, but the idea is to put shots on goal. Because if you, put no, if you don't put any shots on the goal, chances are you're not going to get one. But shooting at the goal and taking the opportunities you have and you know, setting up plays and all that and shooting at the goal, the more opportunities you have to get a, to get a goal. Um, yesterday we were at Jackson's um, uh, hockey game. And the kid, it wasn't, I thought it was Jack, but it was somebody else, uh, you know, had won the face off, skated down there and shot it at the goalie. You know, he just heard the wall away, hit, shot it at the goalie. He put his pad down and hit it, and it just rolled right over and hit the bar and went in. <laughs> you know? Now, was that an excellent shot? No. But he put, a, he put the shot on goal and... He won the face off, he made the effort, he made the shot, and it went in. So in our life, it's how much effort we put in, you know. <clears throat> how much we study sometimes is how many times we come away with an A. <laughs> you know? That didn't help me, but it was good for my roommates. <laughs> it was, I always thought it was funny. Uh -huh. <laughs> I would take the best notes. And uh, I would study my notes. My roommates would study my notes. Rhonda, in the next two years, she studied my notes, and her and all of her friends, they all come away with A's. Not me. You know. <laughs> they used my notes and, and my, my study guides, my highlights in the book, and the, didn't read what, anything else but what I had highlighted and all that stuff, and they come away with A's. <sighs> I don't have an answer for that one, but that's how it worked. <laughs> but the, I, you know, what would have happened if I hadn't studied it? It would have gotten even worse. So, but out of nowhere, good breaks and good opportunities start to come into our lives because the harder we work, the luckier we get. Now, let's move to Deuteronomy 28. Very important. And I'll, 
I, since it's so few, I won't give you the whole, well, maybe I will. We'll see. <laughs> it's, I think I like this sermon. It's, you know. Um, today, this is 28, chapter 28, verses 1 and 2. Today, this is Moses, I am giving you the laws and teachings of the Lord your God. Always obey them, and the Lord will make Israel the most famous and important nation on earth, and he will bless you in many ways. Okay, so God is saying, I'm going to bless you when, as you honor my word that I give you. All right? Verse 3. The Lord will make your business and your farm successful. Now, he didn't say go sit in your house and wait for everything to come up. You know, farming gives the implication you've got to plant and work the fields. So the understanding is, I will make your business successful. I will create, you do the work, and I will create the blessings. You will have many children. You will harvest large crops. Your herds of cattle and flocks of sheep and goats will produce many young. (laughs) You will have plenty of bread to eat. Good wheat harvest. The Lord will make you successful in your daily work. You see, what are they doing to have all of these opportunities and all these blessings? They, they have the laws and teachings of God and always obey them. And the blessing of God will follow our obedience to his word because we're seeing how that God is blessing our efforts. You know, we are asking God to bless. We're doing the right thing for the right reason and we're asking God to bless it. That's a good thing. And he wants us to do that because faith is an expectation of what we don't really see, but we're expecting. And so we believe that God is going to bless the effort that we put forth. The effort that we put forth, God is going to honor that and bless it. And he's telling the nation of Israel, this is what's going to happen. You obey my word, look what's going to happen. Uh, Verse 7, the Lord will help you defeat your enemies. And make them scatter in all directions. The Lord your God is giving you the land, and he will make you sure that you are successful in everything you do. Your harvest will be so large that your storehouses will be full. If you follow and obey the Lord, he will make you his own special people, just as he promised then everyone on earth will know that you belong to the Lord and they will be afraid of you. The Lord will give you a lot of children and make sure that your animals give birth to many young. The Lord promised your ancestors that this land would be yours and he will make it produce large crops for you. The Lord will open the storehouses of the skies where he keeps rain and will send the rain on your land at just the right times. He will make you successful in everything you do. We've heard that before. He will make you successful in everything you do. So looking for success and believing for success in everything we do is part of what God has promised just for obeying his commands and doing the right things for the right reasons. Loving God and believing that God, all things are possible to them that believe and we keep working. (laughs) We keep doing the right things. We keep living our life, believing that God's blessing is upon us and that the opportunities continue to unfold. 
whenever it says that uh, he will open the storehouses of the skies where he keeps the rain in the letter that I sent out for or gave out with uh, contributions, I often quote Malachi 3.10, and he says, I am the Lord all-powerful, and I challenge you to put me to the test. Bring the entire 10% into the storehouse so there will be food in my house. Then I will open the windows of heaven and flood you with blessing after blessing. So you see that <clears throat> giving and doing the right thing has blessings that follow it. We're planting the seeds of our faith by our giving, our loving, our forgiving, forgiving people, you know, not holding grudges, not allowing people who, who are bullies to bully us <laughs> because we don't believe in that. We don't allow it to happen. And so we, we know who we are and we are secure in that person. And so we keep planting seed in the fruitfulness of who we are. What can you do? What do you do well? What do you do well? It can be physical things like running, <laughs> running. <laughs> it can be mental things and study, you know, intelligence. You know, God uses these things in a way that blesses us so that we keep on going, doing the right thing. So, uh, I was going to finish up with, uh, I, won't, I won't do the whole thing on uh, Remember last week we did Elisha uh, and how that he led, uh, you know, the, he knew what the Syrian army was doing and they sent a whole army to hold, you know, capture him and, you know, he told his servant, they're more with us than with them. God surrounds what's surrounding us, okay? Well, one of the things that happens later in that same chapter in 2 Kings chapter 6, the Syrian king has surrounded Samaria, and the, Samaria, and the city is totally cut off. And they are starving to death inside the city. And um, the king is walking through the city, and a woman said to the king, you've got to help me. And the king's saying, I can't help you, but tell me what's your ailment. And she says, well... This woman and I sat down and talked, and this woman said to me, you give, us, you give us your son, we'll boil him and eat him, and then tomorrow we'll eat my son. Well, I gave her my son, and we ate him, but she ran and hid hers. You got to go find her and make her pay for this. <laughs> you know, that's how desperate things were. They were, they, were, uh, they were eating donkey heads. <laughs> I mean, they had nothing left to eat. And so the king, he's all mad at Elisha. He says, may God do so to me and more so if the head of Elisha, the son of Shaphat, shall stand on him this day. So he's going to kill the prophet. Now, <clears throat> the, the, the understanding a little bit, the, the king... Elijah, Elisha, Elijah, Elisha, Elisha, E-L-I-S-H-A, Elisha probably told the king, you know, trust God. Well, sometimes we tell people to trust God. Perhaps that person, the, the pastor whose wife died with the tumor, perhaps someone told him to trust God. 
or maybe he told himself, I don't know. But it didn't, nothing happened. And the king perhaps thought Elisha had these miracles and all he had to do was pray and the miracles would happen. But whatever the reason was, the king's mad at God and he's mad at Elisha because the army continues to circle the, town, the city. People are dying. You know, they're eating their own children. And, you know, we're all dead. <laughs> there are dead men walking here in the city. But Elisha is in a house with the elders, and perhaps he's there praying. One of the things to understand is miracles don't happen on our timing. God has a timing for, his, for the miraculous. And the city is dying. And so the king sends his assistant to go cut off the head of Elijah, Elisha. Well, Elisha knows he's coming. He says, bar the door. The guy's coming to kill me. So they barred the door. And he said, but the king's coming right after him. So they barred the door. The guy couldn't get in until the king got there. The king comes in, and he and Elisha are talking. Now, Elisha, um, he says, I'll tell you something, king. Tomorrow at this time, there's going to be so much food, and there's going to be so much uh, wealth that meat and cheese and food's going to be sold for pennies. Now it takes a whole year's wages to buy a bread. And he says it's going to happen. And, uh, and the uh, captain on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God and said, If the Lord should make windows in heaven, there's that windows in heaven again. There's a theme through the scriptures about the windows of heaven. God will open the windows of heaven to pour out blessings upon us. Well, this guy says, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, could this thing be? But Elisha says, you shall see it with your eyes, but you shall not eat it. <laughs> so the guy in his doubt, now, doubts can come from many places. In this case, this guy doubted the prophet because he knew what was going on. There's no food. The enemy is around us. They're not planning on leaving because they want us to die and they want to conquer the city. In his reasoning, that's it. We can't have this. Well, Elisha, he knows it's going to happen, but there are four lepers at the gate. Okay? Four lepers at the gate of the city. Now, the lepers, they're not allowed in the city. They depend on people giving them stuff to, to live. Well, the people aren't giving them anything because they don't have anything. So the lepers say, why sit we here till we die? We can't go in the city. They don't have food. We can't stay here because we're going to die. Let's go see the Assyrian army, and maybe they will give us something to eat. So these four guys walk towards the Assyrian army. Now, what happens is, as these four guys are walking towards the Syrian army, God, as it were, amplifies the sound of their feet. And the Syrians think the Israelites have hired the, another armies to come and attack us. So they are so frightened 
They run from their tents, leaving everything behind. Now, whenever these people went to war in those days, they took everything with them. You know, you can't put your, you can't put your belongings in a safe house because the houses are made of mud. <laughs> you know, how do you break into a house? Oh, just go through the wall. <laughs> There's nothing there. So they took everything with them. So they had their cattle, and they had their horses, and they, had every, they, were, they were there for the long haul, just going to starve out these, the city. So God, what happens here is, when God makes people afraid, okay, they become terrified. See, that's why God tells us, do not be afraid, because he doesn't give us fear. So anyhow, these people run, four lepers come, they come into this time, the, the camp, and there's nobody home. So they go in in the tents, and they find food, and they find gold, and they take, they load up everything they can, they go hide it, they come back, and they load up again, and they go hide it, because they know that they have no rights, people are just going to take them from them. And so they're hiding all this stuff, and they say, oh, we should go tell the people of the city. So they go back, and they holler to the king, and the king says, you know, king, great man of faith, I know what they're doing, they're hiding from us, and they're just waiting for us to come out, and then they're going to kill us all. So they send out chariots, a couple of chariots and a couple of horses. That's all they had left. And they find out the Syrian army has fled out of the country, just leaving everything as they ran off. Well, the city said, wow. Well, you remember the guy who said, Elisha said, you'll see it, but you won't partake of it? The king put him in charge of the gate. <laughs> and he saw this, but the people trampled him to death. Going to, the, going to get the spoils. So the moral of the story is there are windows in heaven that God has for us and there are blessings that God has in store that shall come upon you and overtake you. There are blessings, and this is the, the scripture we started out with, there are blessings that shall come upon you and overtake you because you are faithful to what God has promised. And these are commanded blessings. They are commanded and they are delivered. And that as we obey his commands, God has more to offer to us than we can imagine. Just as the guy said, what you're saying, Elisha, can't happen. Because look at the reality. God is looking at the heart. And he knows the plans he has for us. Plans to prosper, plans to work in us. So we do and continue to do the right things for the right reasons. And I will make your business and your farm successful. I will make you successful in daily work. I will help you defeat the enemy. I will give you the land. Your harvest shall fill the storehouses. I will make you, I will make you his own special people. So what do we do? We, is Elisha, he's waiting in the house with the elders, and, and, and he knows God's going to do something, but he has to wait for the timing. He doesn't plan out, there's four lepers who are going to change this. He just knows God is going to change it. And the four lepers heard in their own heart, why sit we here until we die? 
So you see, in our lives, it isn't being able to plan out how God is going to do everything. We just know God is going to do it. Amen? Let's stand. And I end up speaking a half hour anyhow. <laughs> so anytime the preacher says, I want to preach less than a half hour, go, prove it, pastor. <laughs> Prove it, Pastor. Yeah, I'll do 29 minutes. So, oh Lord, we are so grateful. We thank you for the reality of your word and what it means to us. It means everything. So, Lord, bless your word to our hearts. And, Lord, these situations that happened so many years ago, they're just as real and rele relevant to our day and to our lives. So, Lord, thank you. Let your word be alive in us, that we obey your commands with love in our heart and expectation of all your goodness. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Say resounding amen. Resounding amen. <laughs> resounding amen. <laughs>